welcome back to Fireside Stories. This is your host, Katie Shambaugh, and as always, her furry editor, Zion. Today, we have a one-episode special of Miriam with the bad news and the good news. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be putting out episodes every other Wednesday, so episode 7 will be up on August 19th. Now, without further ado, here's Fireside Stories. black cat could tell something bad was coming. He could smell it in his coven. He could smell it in their sweat. They were anxious and sad. Strangers had come into the apartment wearing masks to take pictures of the walls. The black cat couldn't imagine why they were doing this, but he knew it wasn't for any good reasons. There was so much noise these days. It seemed the coven never left home and never stopped talking, and there were always loud cars and trains and motorcycles and sirens and children screaming outside every hour, every day. It was hard for the cat to get any rest. He knew all the noise was a sign of the bad times as well. His only solace was the porch. He wasn't allowed to climb down from the railing, but at least on the porch he could feel the air and the sun. At least on the porch he knew why it was so hot and where all the noises were coming from. It was there on the porch one afternoon that the black cat heard a new noise. At first he thought the cawing of the crows was also a sign of the bad times. The crows watched the black cat. The cat's tail whipped with hungry curiosity, threatening to knock plants off the porch railing. He licked his nose and eyed them through large black pupils. The crows called to each other casually from the tree, the roof, and the telephone pole. Do we know him? one crow asked. We do not, replied the second. But, the third added, we are not against changing that. The other two agreed. The third crow dropped from the tree and swooped down to the porch, joining the black cat. The cat flinched. His tail was still thrashing, but his eyes had changed from curiosity to fear. The crow was much bigger up close. Their beak was much sharper. The cat admittedly did not get out these The cat admittedly did not get out much these days and wasn't sure how he sized up against this bird. Do I know you? The cat hissed, already knowing he didn't. You do not, but I'm not against changing that, the crow replied, then added, if you're not against it either. The black cat watched as the crow used their beak to hastily groom their iridescent chest feathers. This gesture seemed to the cat like a nervous tick. He could relate. He frequently licked himself when he was feeling self-conscious. He had to fight the urge in that very moment. You're a crow? The cat asked, not knowing what else to say. The crow cocked their head to the side and fixed him with one shining dark eye. Yes, that's what the flightless call us, they replied. Flightless? Humans, the crow explained. That's what we call them flightless. Oh, the cat laughed. I call them two feats, 
Well, not the ones I live with. They are my coven. They call me a cat. Yes, I know I've seen many cats before, the crow interjected. Oh. Conversation lapsed again. It was awkward. The cat still wasn't sure if he should feel safe in this stranger's company. Best to address his concerns head on. Have you... Have you ever eaten a cat? He asked. Yes, the crow answered without hesitation, but only after it was already dead. And you? Have you ever eaten a crow before? No, the cat replied. Wait, yes. I don't know why I lied. I've eaten dead crow. That's fair, the crow replied. I hear we are delicious, but I would not know. Unfortunately, the crow I ate was already several nights dead, the cat explained. Then realizing this may have been rude, he felt the need to add, I'm sure if it had been a fresher crow, it would have been delicious, but I don't have it in me to fight one of your kind to the death. Likewise, the crow commented. They took two hops closer, peering over the cat's head. You have a lovely shining coat. We were admiring from afar. Thank you. The cat was surprised by how flattered he felt. My coven brushes me daily. I couldn't help but notice you have beautiful feathers as well. Thank you, the crow replied, glancing up to the roof line where the two others were now watching. They seemed to have something specific on their mind. Could I ask you a personal question? Nothing has stopped you yet, the cat replied, starting to relax. He rested himself into a loaf on the railing. So, the crow shifted feet. You haven't always lived with the flightless? How did you know? The cat wondered how he'd made himself so obvious. Perhaps he still gave off a mysterious air of the wild. The crow was right, after all. First there had been a home with his siblings and mother and several two feets. Then the two feets brought in others. A child, then a puppy. The puppy liked to bite, and the cat would bite back. The cat would bite back harder. Then there had been rejection. Rain, snow, cold, the territorial jaws of big dogs, the friendly touches of strangers who didn't believe in bad luck, until the fleas and mats in his fur became too much, and the rejection deepened into loneliness. Then the cat had been wild. But now he had the coven, who fed and worshipped him every day. Sometimes he would stir from a deep sleep to hear one of them whispering to him, and scratching under his chin and kissing the top of his head. He loved them ferociously, even when they were fools. You said you've eaten dead crow before, the crow explained. That means you haven't always eaten the dead out of a can. Oh, the cat laughed, remembering he was having a conversation. Yes, there was some time I spent in the wild, but now... They were interrupted by the sound of a can opening. The cat's mouth watered. Speak of the devil, the crow murmured. Goodbye. Without giving the crow another glance, the cat jumped down from the railing and ran inside. He couldn't risk not being there when his dinner was served. It had never happened before, but he suspected one of the members of his coven might eat his meal if he left it unattended for too long. The crow didn't mind the abrupt end to the conversation. 
they understood the importance of an effortless meal. They took off and joined the other two in the tree. A lot can be learned from him, they said. And he could learn a lot from us, said the second. He seems nice, said the third. The other two agreed. The next morning was a rude awakening for the cat. First, the coven carried in intimidating pieces of cardboard. The cat didn't mind cardboard as long as it lay flat and quiet while he sunk his claws into it, but the coven was bending the cardboard into big boxes and filling them with everything in the apartment. The cat had put his smell on all those things, and now the coven was taking it all away in towering cardboard boxes. The worst part was that they didn't even seem to understand how much of a betrayal this was to the cat. They seemed excited and happy. They kept picking him up and dancing with him to loud music. Then came the noise machine, which screamed at the floor and sucked up all the hair the cat had left in the corners of each room. He hated that thing. A large part of the day was spent being startled awake from underneath the armchair. Then the coven were putting their masks on. This was a newer ritual, and the cat didn't entirely understand it, but the coven always seemed to do it before going somewhere. The quiet that followed their departure was a relief. Exhausted but not yet ready for a deep sleep, the cat emerged from under the chair and made his way to the porch. The air was heavy and humid today. The cat chose to flop down on the porch floor and avoid the sun. It was too hot to bask. Busy day in there, the crow called from the tree, making the cat jump a little. Oh, it's you, he muttered, not sure he wanted the company. Nonetheless, the crow flew down and joined him again on the porch. Tell me, what is it like living with the flightless? The crow asked. The cat didn't answer immediately. He didn't want to seem too eager for conversation. Best to let the crow think his afternoon bath was more important. Usually comfortable, but I have less choices, the cat finally answered, licking his lips. I can't go everywhere I please or eat when I want. I can't make noise at night. Is it worth it? the crow asked. Certainly, the cat replied without hesitation. I have safety. I have security. I never go hungry for long, and I have love. Why do you ask? The crow paused in thought, then ruffled their indigo black feathers. We've never lived with the flightless. They don't seem to like our kind much, they replied. The cat sneezed and laughed at the same time. The two feets haven't always been fond of me either, he said. Many think that I am bad luck because of the color of my fur. Same here, the crow exclaimed. They think we're a bad omen. Do you know what they call a pack of crows? What? the cat asked. A murder of crows, they replied in a scandalous tone. No, the cat hissed. Yes, so insulting. The crow lifted their wings briefly, regaining their composure. So, as you can imagine, we've never seen the appeal of living with the flightless, they continued. But talking to you, there does seem to be an appeal. Oh, yes, the cat continued. They do worry about the strangest things, such as time. 
They are always worried about being places and doing things at an exact time. And yet, when I tell them it's time to feed me, not a care in the world. It's like yelling at a wall sometimes. The crow let out a braying laugh. You're funny, they said. Unsure how to respond, the cat licked his paw vigorously. Time has its importance, I suppose, but not when you have a shelter to protect you from the cold and the wet, the cat continued. I can't imagine why anyone would worry about something as arbitrary as time when there are bigger things to worry about, like death. Death is a reasonable thing to worry about, the crow agreed. It's a big change. Change is terrifying, the cat muttered. He was thinking about the boxes currently filled with his belongings inside. The crow didn't seem to be on the same wavelength. Really? they asked, cocking their head to the side in puzzlement. I don't mind change. I suppose I'm used to it. The seasons, the lives, the snacks. It's the only constant we have to rely on. But it can be frightening, the cat argued. Or it can be sad. Oh. This seemed to strike a note with the crow. They looked down at their feet. Yes, it can be very sad. That is one thing I guess I do mind about change. Me too, the cat agreed. He was thinking about what would be next. He knew the coven would be taking the boxes away soon. Would they come back? Or would the coven leave forever as well? Would he have to find his own food again? Would he have to pick his battles with neighborhood dogs and other cats again? Would he have to rely on the occasional touch from strange two feet for happiness again? Suddenly all the tiring events from the day caught up to him. The cat needed sleep, if only to stop thinking for a while. He felt the crow's eyes on him. This subject is very real for you, isn't it? The crow asked gently. They hopped down to the porch floor and stepped closer. You know sadness as well as I do. I fear I may be finding myself sad again soon. The cat answered, no longer concerned with being standoffish. It felt good to be understood. We fear that too, the crow replied. Every day, I wonder if another friend will be gone for good, be it a fellow crow, or tree, or, or a cat. The cat looked up sharply. It seemed the crow had referred to him as their friend. He decided not to bring attention to it. Wait, you consider trees to be your friends, he teased. The crow quickly ran their beak through a wing. Yes, do you not consider this house to be your friend? They retorted. The cat looked up at the ceiling, the walls, the beams, and the porch door. I suppose I've neglected my relationship with this house, he mused. A home is a friend, and a friend is a home. He yawned. That's a good one. I'll have to remember that one. I have one for you. The crow straightened their back and puffed out their chest, as if preparing for a grand speech. The bad news is, nothing is permanent. The good news is, nothing is permanent. The cat laughed a little, more out of surprise and relief than amusement. I'll have to remember that too, he said. He glanced at the porch door. 
The couch was calling his name, but he felt the need to make this departure more graceful than the last. Uh, thank you for your conversation. It has helped to calm me. It has done me good as well, the crow replied. The cat stood, hesitating at first. Then he glided against the crow, giving them his scent and his silky warmth. Their feathers were wonderfully cool against his cheek. Then, without looking back, the cat went inside. The crow lingered alone on the porch. They were a bit too bemused to leave just yet. They'd never been caressed by a cat before. Cats usually scattered when they saw a crow. This was an honor. Eventually, they lifted off and joined the other two on the roof. That was most unusual, one said. And very moving, said the second. I believe we have made a friend, said the third. The other two agreed. The next day was a mixture of the expected and unexpected, and entirely a nightmare for the cat. As expected, the coven carried all the boxes out of the apartment. What was unexpected was when they shoved the cat into a box as well. He knew this box all too well. Unlike the other boxes, this one was plastic with holes in it and a cage door. This box was the one they put him in whenever they took him to the poking place. This was truly the end for the cat. He knew it. They were taking him to the poking place, and this time they were going to leave him there forever with all the needles and chemical smells and other sad cats, and he would be alone again. Rain pelted angrily from the sky. The cat howled from his little plastic box all the way to the car and managed to get an onlooker's attention. They are taking you away, the crow called from the telephone pole. It would seem I was right about the sad times, the cat moaned from his little box. Farewell, friend, another crow called from the rooftop. It was nice to have known you, the cat replied mournfully before the car door was slammed. The cat continued to cry loudly as the car rumbled and lurched. The coven took turns mocking him and pretending to mourn with him. This had to be their worst betrayal yet. The car ride felt like an eternity of rocking and swerving and crying. By the end of it, the cat had worked himself into an inconsolable nausea. Just when he thought he was about to hurl, it became quiet. He was being carried again. He was inside again, but it didn't smell like the poking place. This was someplace different. It smelled old, but not unpleasant. The coven set the box on the floor and unlatched it. They reached in and gently patted the cat on the head, cooing condolences. Then they left the room. For a while, the cat refused to leave. He watched. He saw a small room, a wooden floor, and an open door that led to another small room. It was so incredibly quiet here. Quiet enough that he noticed when the coven were talking to each other in other rooms. They were still here. They hadn't left. Finally, the cat felt safe enough to sleep. It was a very good sleep. With all this quiet, it was easy to drift off for several hours. By the time he woke up, it was night. The coven had gone to sleep. He could hear their snoring upstairs. Eventually, haltingly, 
The cat ventured out of the box. He found his bed. His bed. It still smelled like him. And his pillow. And his toys. And even better, his toilet. And there was his food, waiting for him in the next room. The coven hadn't greedily gobbled it up like he always suspected they would. For the first time all day, things seemed to be taking an unexpected turn for the better. But the cat didn't want to jinx it. He could still be wrong. Best to seek out every corner of this new place and find any traps. The first place he explored was a large window in the front room. Outside the window was an even bigger porch, with much more shade than the one before. And a backyard. Maybe he'd be able to lie in that grass one day. While staring out the window, he noticed three familiar silhouettes perched on a tree in the backyard. One shape dropped from the tree and landed effortlessly on the sill of the window. Do I know you? the crow asked the cat, already knowing they did. 